0: Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Monster, Dear Monster, a podcast where we explore monsters from their humble folkloric beginnings to their modern-day incarnations. I am your host for today, Leonard, and I am joined, fortunately, by my other two co-hosts, Dave. How's it going? And Cameron. Hi, everybody. And we, this is a oh, this is a special sorta uh, uh, take two, but <laughs> a redux. so a, a one, yeah. Mm. There, uh, it's, yes. po- it's a one it's a one point five. Uh, is it a one point
1: <laughs> four five dream drop?
0: Distance, full distance, yes, yes. <laughs> um, but we all need X's in our names now, uh, so oh. Organization Thirteen can track us. Yes, that is an actual plot point. <laughs> Not Is that joking. what that was about? Oh my god. That,
2: I'm not joking. Yeah, that's the reason yes. I never played we anything also, other than the
1: First Kingdom Hearts.
2: We need to wear clothing <laughs> that has an X on it that helps them too.
0: Oh yeah,
1: that's mm. right. I mm. remember
2: that. That <laughs> just... was that that was also the other
0: plot point regarding the X's and a god. costume change.
3: Yes.
2: Man, I gentlemen got real sad just with that crisscross series. your belts.
3: Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> because in the more, more buckles, so more
0: that, buckles. So that's yeah, yes. well, gotta I mean, be fashionable. He did, he did, he did create like the Lulu buckle dress. So once again, there will never be more buckles. Uh, but we're not here to talk about the monster that is Kingdom Hearts, um, because <laughs> we'll never talk about that on this show. Uh, oh, we are good. here to uh, to. Uh, discuss Over the Garden Wall, uh, a delightful, wonderful piece of children's media from uh, 2014, starring Elijah Wood uh, and various others, including John Cleese, uh, Tim Mm. Curry, uh, and uh, Christopher Lloyd. It is an animated miniseries that ran over uh the halloween season in october uh comprising of 10 11 minute episodes and we will be discussing the entire series uh in one go today uh so uh you know preamble uh <laughs> this is my my uh fourth time watching this entire series and i believe it's the first time for the two of you uh, watching this
1: uh, yeah, although I did get into watch-throughs, because my first one I was extremely sick with my second COVID shot, so <laughs> I gave it another shot earlier this week, and I understood it a lot better. <laughs> um.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: and I, I hadn't, uh, I this is the first time I've seen the thing all the way through, I caught it when it was airing in, like, snippets, and just enough to, like... Recognize characters, the music a little bit, but um yeah, just sitting mm. sitting down and watching this in kind of one go uh it was nice we will we'll get to that
3: <laughs>
0: yes, uh and so uh I think uh I will cap the cap that's that's the end start uncap uh things oh. off. <laughs> uh, with the first episode, uh, "The Old Grist Mill," uh, we are uh, introduced to our main characters: Wirt, played by Elijah Wood, and uh, Gregory Greg, played by Cullen Dean, an actual child, which is very <laughs> bene- which is b- very beneficial because yeah. Greg is the most child child uh, in uh, recent media history. <laughs> um, very precocious <laughs> stream um, of consciousness child. Yes, oh yeah. Um, uh, which is actually kind of refreshing because uh, we're I think we're all kind of burnt out by the super adult um uh uh adult child uh trope mm. that has been so prevalent. Uh, it's nice to see a child that acts like a child even if that is dialed up to 11. Um, yeah, but, uh, Wirt looks like a gnome, uh, for some reason. <laughs> yes. And, uh, Greg is wearing a teapot on his head and little short shorts. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> and they are lost in the woods and Greg being the stream of consciousness child that he is, is busy trying to find a name for the frog that he's holding. Um, but instead of really finding, looking for a name, he's, uh, uh, listing off the worst names that you could name <laughs> this frog. Yeah. Um, uh, it is then that d uh, realizes that they have become lost because they were just wandering in the woods, um, which, uh, <laughs> gets explained, but is mm. kind of funny. Uh, when uh, uh, when I first saw their character designs, oh yes, uh, I think I mentioned, but Greg is wearing a teapot on his head. Yeah. Uh, when I saw their designs, uh, I thought that they were like fanciful, like gnome, uh, dwarf <laughs> creatures. Because, yeah, that tracks. Because they they look the part, but they most yeah. certainly do not speak the part. No. Um, oh god. <laughs> Uh, Wirt is, uh, is a teenager, uh, and he is, uh, the angstiest of teenagers, thus making him the perfect character for Elijah Wood to play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they hear some chopping, uh, coming from the forest, uh, and, uh, discover a woodsman played by Christopher Lloyd, uh, cutting down a tree with a, um, horrible skeleton, Snow White, Horrible tree forest, face.
3: yeah, yeah yep.
0: <laughs> um, uh Wir is concerned, thinking that it, there is a distinct possibility that the woodsman may be a psychopath, uh and uh Gregory immediately runs over because Gregory is a child uh. Yes uh the woodsman uh who is only known as the woodsman uh informs the boys that the woods are dangerous that the beast is about and uh offers to take them to some shelter while he uh does his work which involves Mm. the tree that he was cutting down um it's worth mentioning that earlier we saw a um a cute little black turtle, uh, put a pin in that, uh, it'll come back. Um, and, uh, the woodsman takes them to an old, uh, mill right on by a creek, uh, and lights a fire for them. tells them to, uh, stay put. Once again, he's all about, let me do my work and also watch out for the beast, um, Wurt, uh once again being a paranoid teenager is like uh this guy might actually be a crazy person we should uh make a plan to knock him out and uh run away (laughs) should he prove to be a crazy person um gregory uh has decided to leave a trail of breadcrumbs using candy from his pants (laughs) <laughs> yep.
3: <laughs>
0: and, uh, uh, and notices that his frog has, uh, gone missing. His frog that he has named Kitty. Um, yes.
1: Because, of course.
0: Yes, because, of course. Uh, Greg leaves the house because Wert's a bad brother. Um, and <laughs> looks for Kitty, finds him, uh, 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 looks into the mill and sees the woodman grinding uh, up uh, uh, the twigs from the tree that he felled, uh, producing some kind of uh, off-putting black oil, uh, Mm. and uh, (laughs) finds Kitty in a barrel that he was standing on. And then uh, we are... uh, He is accosted by a horrible nightmare dog from the deepest bowels of hell.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. God, those eyes haunt me.
0: (laughs) So so up until this point, it had been like a little like spoopy, uh, a little creepy. Mm, uh, mm. But, you know, not um, (laughs) horror inducing and off putting. So uh, what were your thoughts when this dog showed up?
1: Oh man um I have the exact feeling actually you know in bloodborne when <laughs> you're diving into the chalice dungeons for the first time and you step into that room with the with the madman at the far end and it oh, just yes. sprints out of the fog full speed at you it was that feeling of that <laughs> sudden shock of oh god oh crap and then just settling into a deep, disconcerting, like I don't like the way that looks, and I don't like the fact that it is voraciously trying to devour this small teapot child. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. It is really shocking in juxtaposition to like the rest of the episode so far. Like, yeah, like you said, it's a li- been a little creepy, but this is like an outright just horror monster. <laughs> <coughs>
0: Yeah, um, it's kind of great. Once again, I'm a big advocate as as a um, as a refined connoisseur of uh, children's horror. Over the 38 years that I've existed on this planet, uh, <laughs> I love a good. And then it all went sideways because this horrible thing that shouldn't exist is now part of the narrative. Which I suppose is the reason why I consider uh, a cowardly dog an absolute classic and more mm. people should know about it. Um <laughs> but yes, horror dog. Um Gregory stumbles in with the busted remnants of the barrel surrounding him. Uh the uh horror dog uh uh busts in shortly thereafter. It is gigantic. It is in fact a bloodborne monster. Um uh, <laughs> uh the woodsman comes in with his axe of felling with his plus one axe of felling uh but unfortunately uh gregory rolls a crit with his log um well he actually whiffs his log Uh, but that throws the woodsman off enough to stumble trip over a a ceramic figurine and knock himself out on another (laughs) log.
1: yep and so now the the kids
0: yes so now (laughs) the kids have the axe of felling but uh, mainly Gregory and Gregory is a child so uh, he he proceeds to spank the monster dog's butt with the wood handle (laughs) end of the of the yeah. axe. Uh, yeah. uh, they, there's, um, uh, there's a melee in the mill. Uh, they discover that the monster dog loves candy. Uh, uh, they make it to the roof. Gregory is out of candy, but Wart has one piece on his cloak, uh, which Gregory proceeds to throw off. Uh, the monster dog jumps after it and gets caught in the water wheel and Man, I thought this was the very first time that I watched it. I was like, really? Are we really going here with this? (laughs) Because it looks like that dog's going to explode. But no,
3: Mm.
0: the dog does not explode. He just (laughs) barfs up that cute little black turtle that we had seen earlier and reverts to a very normal-looking dog instantaneously.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and there we are, back into Whimsy immediately.
0: Immediately. The threat is <laughs> defeated, and now it's Whimsy. The woodsman recovered, is like, yo, kid, this is your fault. You're the o- older brother, and it's kind of your job to look after your younger siblings. Um mm. I'm very upset with you, but I will still tell you how to get out of here, because despite my weird, gruff demeanor, I am not a bad person. Or am am I? Uh, And he... Uh, He sends the kids on their way. It should be noted that before they encountered the woodsman, uh, they also briefly encountered a talking bluebird who immediately flew off as soon as she saw the man with the axe. So the (laughs) first episode ends with them walking off into the distance, uh, observed by that same talking bluebird. And that's the gristmill. Mm uh it's a good first episode uh you don't yeah. know what's going on uh the characters <laughs> are immediately established uh through personality and dialogue once again Greg is the most child child that I've seen in media in a really long time and Wurt is that perfect um uh, n- unconfident neurotic teenager once again, mm. like a yeah. custom-built Elijah Wood character. <laughs> um, uh, so what were your thoughts on that introductory
2: episode? I'll go first. Uh, yeah, this it mm. set the tone for the show. It gives you that kind of bait-and-switch where it's, like, whimsy, and then it, it hard-swerves to horror, and then it kind of just turns a little bit back and it still maintains like a weird uh, off-putting sense where yes. it's, it's, it's like everything's not quite what it should be however both uh Wirt and gregory are just taking everything in stride yeah sure there's a crazy woodsman with an axe and a bestial hound and little oil turtles and talking birds <laughs> mm-hmm. but it just seems par for the course they don't seem perturbed and in Gregory's case you're like he's just gonna roll with it uh, but for a word he's yeah. he's wary but it's not um to the point of going like these things are unnatural it's just like stuff's just weird and that's how it is mm-hmm. uh yeah. so that's that's nice to see that they're just sort of Going along for the ride. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really hits I think for me the feeling as a very young child where you would read along or listen to a fairy tale and when you're when you're particularly young you never really catch on to like there's meant to be a moral or a metaphor or an allegory going on, you're just like, ah, oh, what an interesting, very slightly creepy, but in the end kind of fun story. <laughs> And that is sort of the vibe this entire series gives off, honestly, but especially I think this first episode sort of cartwheeling between whimsy and abject horror kind of really helps set that tone.
2: Yeah, and I and I, just, I think personally when I think back to the, the myriad of uh, bedtime fantasy stories I was told or books I eventually got into even as a, a young child, uh Mm. they always felt to me like histories like i Mm. don't i don't i felt like that's just the world was like that at one time yeah and and still could be but we just don't get to always see it and that's Mm. this feels like a good example of that like this stuff's just like this but you have to have taken the path less traveled you know to get
3: there
1: yeah Mm. yeah yeah, this is just somewhere deep in some some trackless waste of the USA, because it's got also like as a series again that sort of distinctly sort of Americana feel, especially as it goes on from here. But yes. it could it could be real. This could exist, except for maybe the candy
2: wolf. <laughs>
3: wow. <Well. laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we don't yes. we don't go
2: around feeding dogs candy, so mm,
1: probably a wise choice if that probably. is a potential outcome. Yeah. <laughs>
3: this
0: this yeah, it feels a little Oz adjacent. Like, mm.
1: yeah, yeah, that's uh, a good way to put it.
0: And because 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 it is it is the uh, the it is couched uh, in Americana like a very specific time of old timey mm. Americana. It is yeah. uh, very much Oz adjacent, I think. But um, yet, Wart and Greg, even though they roll with it, they still feel vaguely out of place because they are like even with the interaction with the woodsman like it is clear that the woodsman has had a different life and different experience than work and greg Um, Hmm. and he, he even speaks differently than they do so they are still weirdly out of place even though they seemingly fit in it for no other reason than uh, than what they're wearing uh, and it is hmm. worth noting that um throughout the entire series, I believe there is only one per- uh, there are only two people that ever like comment on what they are wearing, otherwise uh everybody <laughs> else just assumes that that's how they dress because yeah that's what people do here uh It should be noted that I believe uh, that they do actually reference this, uh, the, where they are lost as the unknown uh, in this first mm. episode. Uh, so that is their introduction. And Cameron, I was yeah. uh, I when when we did this last week, I was very disappointed <laughs> that I did not get to hear you talk about uh, the second episode. Um, Hard Times at the Huskin Bee, because that was the one that I was most excited to hear you hear
3: your
1: thoughts on. Oh, man. Um, well, yes, let's get into it. So Hard Times at the Huskin Bee uh, essentially continues more or less straight on. Like, uh, the woodsman has told Wert and Greg that they can follow the path to get out of the woods, uh, and they are following the path, and Greg, struck by whimsy, begins talking to a bush and uh to be fair the bush i guess the bush did speak to him first um but it turns out deep in this sort of messy bramble is a bluebird the very same talking bluebird uh who has sort of gotten trapped and wrapped up in the thorns and uh you know word is very very desperate to stay on track and keep things normal keep things cool uh Greg stopped getting sidetracked, Greg stopped being so whimsical, yada yada yada. He's doing the uh the thing every older brother is guilty of, uh, says the older brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh you know, uh Greg uh, is distracted long enough for Beatrice, the talking bluebird, to be freed, and because of this she now owes them a life debt, just like Jar Jar Binks. Uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> nothing nothing like jar jar Peaks. thank you very much uh, beatrice is a, is a treasure <laughs> yeah not, she would not, never <laughs> not trash
1: she would never betray the senate um <laughs> god um but yeah uh so uh we go on from here they're traveling together she's going to stick with them until she can actually help them out like they helped her out because you know uh She's one of those peoples, people where every relationship has to be an exchange of sorts, uh, and they uh, they come along and they finally, you know, they find a road, they find uh, a, a, t- a sign for a town called Pottsfield, uh, and in heading towards Pottsfield, they uh, they find a lot of gourds and pumpkins and other various, uh, what I assume are autumn. Fruits and vegetables. Yes, uh, I've never really planted a pumpkin, and also the seasons here are reversed. So, yeah.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> I
2: can't. I can't say <laughs> that I've ever planted a pumpkin either. But yeah, those are those are
3: okay. nor, nor, yeah, northern sort of
2: hemisphere like fall
1: autumnal. Yeah, they, they they
0: they are they they are the what you expect to tumble out of a horn of plenty. <laughs>
1: Yes, fair. That's a good description of it. And I gotta say, every vegetable in this episode looks incredible. I would eat. I would eat those pumpkins. They look really good. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, in doing so, uh, you know, Greg steps into a pumpkin and just kind of continues to wear it as a shoe, which again, very much like a a sticky small child would. Uh, <laughs> Uh, pottsfield appears to be more or less completely deserted it is like complete ghost town level um which is an ironic thing to say given that i know what the town actually is um
0: there is one resident that they meet it's my favorite thing yeah the the sleeping turkey at the table
1: yes oh my god it's so it's again weird and it should feel super out of place, but with the with the overall atmosphere they've cultivated, it feels perfectly natural that this would be the one living creature they find in this town is this turkey just passed out at a dining table.
3: <laughs> um.
2: <laughs> so when that when that part happened, and this this goes mm. for like I think the rest of the show, I kept my my brain of like what the show was going to do kept always going way darker than it than it did with maybe with maybe oh, the yeah. exception of this episode but my mm. my inclination was to go oh no this town is full of turkeys that are passed out from eating their people meal
1: mm. <laughs> yeah that'd be it that was cl- i did kind of flash across my mind was like ah, oh, we're doing the reverse thanksgiving uh, <laughs> But it was not the case, fortunately. <laughs> or, Although you never know. I don't, I don't know it, that it's fortunately.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, yeah. no, it could have happened. Maybe this is the aftermath. Oh, well, this, this is yeah, why the town true. is the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but having having discovered this, this lone overstuffed turkey, uh, they are about to leave town when they hear music coming from a barn. And uh it turns out it's a it's a you know it's a it's a it's a festival it's a harvest festival. It's a good time had by all. um everyone is sort of dressed up uh in like full body hessian wear and they they have big pumpkins over their heads and everything and they've got them all carved out it's a little again hitting that sort of creepy but like whimsical childlike fantasy vibe uh and no one is is you know particularly hostile uh they you know they they don't blend in at all but uh <laughs> the residents aren't chasing them with pitchforks and torches or anything like that um one of the uh one of the people there does mention to work that it seems like it's a little early for them to be there um and you know the implication appears to be that you know this is like an adults festival yes <laughs> there don't really appear to be any kids around Um, but, uh, as they, uh, as they prepare to, you know, make their excuses and leave, um, the enormous maypole that the, uh, that the people have been dancing around turns out to also be an animate pumpkin headed person, (laughs) like a a full life-sized circus tent made, made into a man with a pumpkin (laughs) the size of, oh God, like a beach ball or larger for its head.
3: (laughs)
0: Oh, um, no. No, no, no. It is significantly larger. It is one of those, like, autumn um, fair, look at the biggest pumpkin mm, in the county pumpkins. Yeah.
1: You know it doesn't taste good, but it's impressive that it exists.
0: It is. It is. Yes, it is <laughs> impressive that the God King pumpkin named Enoch
3: is... Yes. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, and yeah, you're getting that really very small, closeted religious community vibe as well. Everyone's <laughs> got that kind of name, and they all speak to each you know, brother so-and-so, and it's... A... <laughs> that's
3: that's yeah. very Children of the corn. Um,
1: yes, the Children of the Gord. Um <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Uh, yep. Yeah, there it is, yep. there it is. Um <laughs> Uh and uh, you know, they they mention that, oh, we're just we're just getting out of here, you know, we don't want to be any travelers like oh, but we did we did bring our own pumpkin Greg helpfully holds up his foot showing that he's trodden all over their produce. Uh and it begins to look really dark. You know, they're surrounded by these cult-like figures in pumpkin heads and everything. Uh and Enoch is looming over them, listing out their various crimes. And for all of these crimes you are sentenced here by two Several hours of manual labor.
0: Yep. <laughs> oh, wait. That's it. Yes. Yeah. That, that's all.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and now they do literally shackle the children <laughs> and the bluebird um, and the yes. bluebird. steel the and yeah and uh, and force them to to tend to the fields. You know, gather up some pumpkins, harvest corn and the like. Uh, but it's not too bad. And what actually seems incredibly happy doing this like beyond beyond the immediate relief of oh good they didn't try and like hang us or anything um you know it's it's i think for him it's like a nice sense of normalcy of this feels like an appropriate level of punishment for we interrupted a private gathering and destroyed some people's stuff this is not harsh punishment this is nothing too scary they're going to let us go you know in the afternoon um, and then <laughs> notices that they are digging two six-foot rectangular holes in
3: the ground. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and once again, the, the, the is-it-dark needle begins to tilt a little further
2: towards the red zone. <laughs> 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 uh, and, I mean, I, um, think, it, I think it's you know, been tilting. I was actually afraid that when they yeah, se- stepped on the gourds, they had stepped on pumpkin children. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I you just immediately I mean, it, just take it the wrong way every time, and and you're usually safe because I mean, whatever I, I happens is the point probably the less than what you imagined. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I mean, they almost they almost go that route when Enoch is listing off the uh, list of crimes because the last one that he says is and murder and it's like murder and he's like, oh, murder? No, no, not murder.
1: No, no, <laughs> not not murder. <laughs> not murder not today um yeah uh and so uh beatrice the bluebird um sort of concocts a plan to get everyone out of their shackles while wort distracts the uh the oncoming townsfolk still in their festival garb still with their pumpkins over their heads uh and as wort is explaining that you know oh we were digging these holes but then there were too many rocks and so we had to find a place to put the rocks so we're not done yet actually yada 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 um,
2: <laughs> so, so that excuse is uh, great because they're actually quite concerned with rocks in the field. Yes, mm, yeah, yeah. It's they're like, good, oh it's yeah, you, you know what? We don't want rocks in this field. Like, thank you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very good. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, and uh, Beatrice and, and Greg just run off partway through his uh, through his bluff explanation of why they're totally not done. You, you we've not done digging this hole. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> and then up from out of the two graves they have dug stand two skeletons.
3: <laughs> yep. Uh,
1: who are promptly handed clothes and pumpkin heads and adorn themselves as such, uh, because the final job on their their several hours of manual labour was dig up the life of the party. <laughs> <laughs> and this is uh this is an entire population of farming skeletons. <laughs> yep. Which is so good. Um <laughs> and one turkey and one cat. <laughs> yes. Uh and you know words, you know learns less like sometimes people seem really menacing but maybe they're just strange and that's okay because if they're not if they're not like you that doesn't mean they're automatically hostile and he Realizes that he has actually been unshackled by Beatrice, yes. and off they go happily ever after. And um, the cat pops out of Enoch's pumpkin head, so I don't know if there is a skeleton inside <laughs> there also controlling Enoch or if it is just this cat that is a necromancer. Um,
2: uh, it should be. <laughs> I, I it think it's be... the cat.
1: Yes.
0: Um, I think it should be mentioned that it we do get one last uh, very, very goose bumps-y, uh mm. uh moment where Enoch says, you sure you want to go? And where it's like, yes, yes, I do. And he's like, all right, but you'll be here one day soon enough. And then just turns and slithers yep. away. Yeah. It's like, yep, there we go. That was the cap that this needed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the perfect little little twisting end note. <laughs> everyone goes to Pottsfield. Yeah, everyone,
3: Potts yeah, everyone yeah.
1: yes. Everyone comes to Pottsfield eventually. <laughs> um, And uh, the, the episode ends with Beatrice suggesting they go see Adelaide, the wise woman of the woods, because she could totally help them get home. And so yes. we sort of set up an actual overarching goal to yes. figure out how to get out of the woods for good.
0: And to get to wherever home is, the nondescript mm-hmm. place of home, <laughs> uh, which once again is very Aussie, since Dorothy's like, mm. I'm not trying to get to Kansas. I could say Kansas, but I'm just gonna say home <laughs> after, <laughs> I the, uh, after I leave the after I leave Munchkinland. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love this episode. This is it's my really good. it's it's a very <laughs> it's a it's a good, very like, let's really nail this tone. Um mm. uh for for this the tone that we're going with this series, where it's like it is it is cute, it is wistful, it is, can be also incredibly creepy and existentially horrific. Uh, on the and turn from either one of
2: those on a dime. I, I, yep. I adore it. <laughs> yep. I think that that brings us to episode three: School Town Follies. It does indeed. And this one is, uh, we'll we'll load up on the whimsy and back off uh, all of the, the the creep factor for the most part for this one. Uh, I, yeah. I, yeah. It's more like glee, common day tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of. It's yeah. It's a little bit there's a little bit of a downer like in the middle, but uh it it mm. wraps up maybe a little wavy. more whimsical than the other episodes. So in mm. this one, uh the uh the intrepid uh well, I guess it's a quartet since the frog is also with them. Mm. Oh yes. Don't <laughs> forget uh, George Washington the Frog. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh Bert and George have been kinda of, of added again. They're on and off, um, mostly on Ward's part, getting upset at his younger brother for being too whimsical um, in times when he <laughs> should maybe be a little bit more serious. But uh, he's not really—he's not picking at him too much here. But they're—they're um, they're trying to decide which way to go. They're—they're they're a bit upset um, at the the uh, the woodsman's directions towards civilization, kind of like. Didn't get them where they mm. were trying to go, or at least it wasn't super helpful uh they come across a little uh quaint um schoolhouse uh in in the in the middle of a clearing in the forest, and uh George is not having it he sees it, and he's just like school, I'm not going there he <laughs> it just wanders off. Whereas uh, Wirt sees that more as a chance of, hey, there's got to be someone that we can, like, you know, an authority figure or something to someone to ask and, and get some directions. Yeah. Um, however, he and Beatrice get into a bit of a, a fight because uh, Wirt, uh, he's he's becoming, in her opinion, too much of like just a yes man. He's He doesn't have any mm-hmm. self-confidence. He's just going with the flow too much. Um, evidenced (laughs) by him trying to tie his shoe uh, and she just keeps trotting him along and he'll just leave the shoe untied and just okay and kind of (laughs) trundle along after Um, they go into the schoolhouse Uh, it ends up being a little strange but this doesn't uh, Wirt swings the other way to where he decides to be like the most obstinate person you can because teenagers gonna teenage and yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: even though things are clearly a uh, a little more out of sorts than even in Pottsfield this this schoolhouse is um run by a a, a young school teacher but the, all the students are um wi- wildland woodland woodland animals mm. um d- d- decked in like turn of the century clothes like Home, yeah, homespun clothes. Yes, Yes. and she's she's in she's teaching them the alphabet so they can all read uh, by giving the most (laughs) um, enlightening uh, rendition of the ABCs that I've I've had the pleasure of hearing. We only get it's done it's done (laughs) in sort of a sing song manner, and we I think we get up through C before it starts to. Uh, montage and (laughs) kind of skip past the rest because Mm. each letter of the alphabet is uh, her her expositing on like a failure of her life and what's (laughs) brought her to this state and her she's she's giving the abcs as if they were a country song (laughs) and it's Mm. depressing (laughs) lyrics um uh but we is determined to just kind of stick this out, um, despite Beatrice's misgivings. Even though she's technically a talking animal, um, but we <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get that uncovered a little later.
3: Uh,
2: <laughs> George pokes his head in, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm not having not having any of this. It's, it's no school, not fun. <laughs>
1: school nonsense."
2: Yeah, and um, after the end of her her lesson, uh, she sees. and she doesn't see beatrice but they're arguing and she thinks he's just talking to himself or something so she puts him in the dunce box which is fantastic (laughs) because he's wearing his gnome cap which is looking like a a, a dunce hat and he's just kind of (laughs) willingly sitting in the box just to piss off beatrice (laughs) who's telling them just to leave (laughs) because this is weird and we get the um the news that there's a, a frightening gorilla um on the loose mm. in the forest and it's uh coming after people, or animals in this case. And while the two uh, are kind of putting up with the the schoolhouse blues schoolhouse rock vibe going on
3: uh
2: <laughs> old georgie is uh hanging out with the the outcasts of the school that just like the, the animals that aren't gonna go to school but yeah, they're they're, they're, in, playing <laughs> they're playing hooky they're playing <laughs> hooky and they're in like slightly more threadbare clothes and it's uh yeah. it's like a, a raccoon and a the deer or something. I don't remember. Deer. The, yeah. yeah. There's a little group of four. Is it like a
0: animals. raccoon, deer, and a possum?
2: I think yeah. so. Yeah. And they're they're just <laughs> hanging out and uh, George uh, posits the, the game of two old cats and it's the, the cutest game in theory. We don't <laughs> see what the game's going to be, what we see what it could become because the 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 goal of the beginning of the game is to find two old cats and <laughs> George Plucks one from like beneath the schoolhouse, and it's hmm. it's an old cat with like a beard. It's a like, very it's old cat. Old. and the <laughs> raccoon pulls one out of the bushes, and it's even older. And it has a, a cane and a monocle. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> they're holding I him by think the scruff.
0: Too old.
2: Yeah, because it yep. just goes like. <laughs> And we never get to find out what two old cats is because the gorilla makes its appearance. Yes. And it is is, as frightening as perhaps the beast uh, might be. It's very (laughs) big, very gorilla, very upset. And they play ring around the tree with, like, the Looney Tunes chase where they're just kind of, like, running in circles. And it's great because the raccoon is perched in the (laughs) branch above watching... With his little tongue sticking out holding a like a branch to whack the gorilla, but he keeps whiffing <laughs> as it <laughs> runs by. It's it's all very charming. Um the I what they, I think they do they run? I think they run into the schoolhouse. They do run yeah. into the schoolhouse. Yeah, because yeah. there's nowhere else to go and <laughs> they, they don't want to be attacked by the gorilla. Uh, I don't remember how that gets resolved. I just know that. Everyone's upset, and it's time for lunch.
3: Yes,
0: <laughs> yes. Which, which
2: which proceeds to make you upset. Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have so the the eponymous schoolhouse is the larger on the inside than it is on the outside uh, because it looks like it mm. just has enough room for like the desks and the little pulpit or the lectern, rather. Uh, and then they walk in the back, and it's an entire like lunchroom-sized room with mm. s- tons of tables and room for all the animal children. And they're they're all served delicious-looking slop of mashed potato, and yeah. everyone hates it. And it's and it just it goes like one by one, showing the animals very upset at having yeah. to eat this like <laughs> bland. Oh, yeah. Lop. You know, there's no butter in
1: there. It's just water. There's nothing. Potato. Yeah.
2: And they're <laughs> just sad. Like, they don't want lunchtime. Uh, and mm. this causes Gregory to solve the situation by breaking into song. And it's the most loathsome. <laughs> song in the world
1: because it's what's not to like about potatoes potatoes and molasses
2: and, molasses and i hate it i hate the thought of it i don't want the <laughs> texture of it i don't want to see it it's, a, it's the molasses <laughs> from a jug dolloped mm. onto the potatoes and you just know it's like that weird sicky sweet that's kids love oh, and adults it's the hate. kind of molasses
1: that kills men in the streets of
2: yeah oh, it's, Boston, Boston. it's so bad and he just keeps going on and they're eating it and they're happy i won't begrudge them their happiness but i will begrudge that potatoes and molasses
1: <laughs> quick clarification from t- <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: it's ridiculous and it goes on for like five minutes um it does not go on it's for five very minutes long. it's probably like 35 seconds uh to be honest because there's only 10 minutes per episode or 11 yeah um, it feels like a long time it does <laughs> <laughs> over overlong. Uh, however, the, the charming part is uh, three of the animals are playing musical instruments and there's a deer playing a clarinet and it, mm. it's trying so hard and you it it's it's doing <laughs> diegetic music. Um yeah. but the the headmistress's father bursts in onto the scene and he's this towering old man with a broad body and a small little head and big glasses and a hat. And he's evil because he's grumpy and upset that the animals are having fun. You can't have fun at school. And why are they have musical instruments? And he rips the clarinet out and the, the deer's like... <laughs> it's,
3: t- 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 <laughs> it's just t- t-
2: <laughs> drooling because it was trying so hard to play. Uh, look, there's a specific embouchure you have to have and the deer was rocking it and... It was upset me yeah, and ripped the yeah. clarinet away. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's like, You can't have fun. No, no fun at lunch. Just potatoes. Give me
1: all these instruments.
2: Yeah, and time for bed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes.
1: Because there's also a dormitory in this one school. Yes, <laughs> yes. It goes to the dog's
2: dormitory where every animal is like two to three to a bed, but they're still like, it's the orphanage looking one where it's a bunch of like little yeah. single beds that their feet face each other it's yeah. um uh, it's a lot it's great it's it's
0: it's the it's the grandparents bed from Willy Wonka and the yes. Uh, yes
2: yes 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 <laughs> grandpa george <Perfect>. yep <laughs> oh goodness uh but yeah they they're told to go to sleep without dinner um And we follow the uh, old man, or rather, uh, Wurt, and, I think it is Wurt and Gregory? I don't know if they both follow him. Yeah. I think they do. They do. Yeah, because he's suspicious and hulking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he he ends up kind of wandering into, like, the reeds and, like, the undergrowth. And then using the trombone as uh, a shelter because he props his large, very large, like, coat that must have some sort of ribbing in it because it just stays splayed out and he's we find out he's like a wizened little man he's very tiny (laughs) the big head instead of Mm. instead of a big body with a small head and he's just crying himself to sleep because his his Mm. venture of teaching the uh the animals to giving them education isn't panning out and he's not gonna make his money back and he invested all of his funds into this and the insurance yeah. was a mistake and he he just seems like a good guy on hard and falling on hard like very bad times. He's, yeah. He's less yeah. of a miser and more of just like mm-hmm. putting on a face to like keep his his uh depression at Reputation. bay. Yeah. Yeah. Something. And um they they key on that and know that the animals actually can kind of play the instruments so they, they steal the uh instruments back leaving him shivering in his little coat on the ground uh and hmm. and it, it cuts to the next day where he's he's woken to the sound of something and he's, he's like they something someone stole my inst the last thing i had left i was gonna sell them to try to make money back to pay rent on the schoolhouse or whatever. You know, it's, like, sad.
3: Mm, And that was his last
2: recourse. Um, But he hears something in the distance and and goes into a clearing and finds out that there's a large um, fundraiser being held with the uh, animals playing band music uh, to raise money. And then, like, there's a town apparently somewhere nearby because there was, like, 40 people just shelling out all kinds of coins to to yeah. pay for the donations for the school and he's he's <laughs> he's uh the opposite of being heartbroken heart warmed
3: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and
2: well, yeah and runs into his daughter <laughs> and she's the situation and then they're both lamenting um her her wayward fiance who caused this whole problem because he just vanished and was supposed to be helping them uh Mm. and that that no good jimmy brown just ran off and took all their (laughs) money and um but then don't worry because the gorilla attacks and he'll just kill everybody and then no one will have to have any problems anymore because they'll be dead yay no they're not (laughs) dead the the gorilla gets attacked by um did george take him out Yeah, Greg George. Yeah, Greg Greg, Greg, Gregory. That's what I meant. I just said Jimmy. Uh, Yes, yes, I think he does. Yeah, I think (laughs) think he hits him with (laughs) a stick. Yeah, and it um, it pops off this gorilla's head, revealing the revolting (laughs) creatures inside. No, it's Jimmy Brown who ran off to the circus to get money to buy a wedding or an engagement ring for the teacher Miss Langtree Um, and he's been stuck in the costume the whole time and he wasn't terrorizing anyone he was trying to get help but people kept (laughs) screaming and running away from him and wouldn't help him out of the costume so he's just been stuck and been miserable and trying to get home (laughs) yeah poor lad yeah, <laughs> so it ends up like this. Ends up very positive note. Like nothing. Yeah, nothing's terrible. The, she got her fiance back. They got money for the school. Everyone's helped out, and uh, Wirt decides to not be a jerk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and and find a little bit more um, self actualization. So Beatrice kind of. Gives him more backhanded compliments, and they—they uh, they all have learned something this day by going to animal school. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Gregory. No, right? He because he nothing. didn't go to school. Right? No, he didn't go to school. He didn't learn anything.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: he just wants to gallivant <laughs> and play two old cats and eat disgusting food. Yeah. <laughs> nope that no good greg
3: hmm
2: yeah yeah that was episode three school town follies uh there there really isn't much to that other than not judging a book by its cover i don't know if you can make it any more plain (laughs) than that (laughs) yeah uh because not not everything is as it seems in the unknown or in real life yes yeah um
0: Yes, it is it is a it is a charming little vignette that is more
2: character than overarching plot.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: But don't um, worry. Um the next episode will give plenty of plot and plenty of character. Yes. Uh which would
0: be Songs of the Dark Lantern that falls uh follows our our um our 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 crew uh, encountering a tavern um <laughs> uh on on a rainy night and taking refuge uh refuge refuge in there <laughs> I, well i mean no that food looked pretty good i was going to say that food might have been refused, but no that no food that was good. that was pretty good <laughs> um <laughs> in in a tavern that seems to be occupied but nothing but fairy tale archetypes um, yeah. uh, uh, Beatrice uh, joins them only to be assaulted by the cl- uh, clearly uh, Betty Boop referenced uh, uh, tavern maid who's like bluebirds inside of a building are bad luck and Beatrice is like no we're good luck and she hits her with a broom and Beatrice replies you know what lady I curse you one day you'll die die and I'll laugh ha 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 ha
3: Oh and God.
0: flies out <laughs> um greg proceeds to load multiple plates of food and finish them instantaneously uh yep. and uh wurt is trying to get directions but uh all the uh tavern patrons want to know what Wurt is and he's like i'm just me and he's like well i'm the butcher uh, this is the <laughs> this is the master and the apprentice uh and then there is one particular uh fellow oh. <laughs> <laughs> standing there that looks like evil universe he's basically Wurt if he were like 30 years older yeah. and and also wario Uh, Who who (laughs) proceeds to tell him, I'm the highwayman. I work, I make make it and meet with my hands. And then proceeds to sing a song uh, regarding uh, his dark work of waylaying people on the roads and stealing the boots off of their feet. Um, One of my my favorite, uh, one of the best animated parts of this entire show. Oh my
3: god. Um,
0: the show is gorgeously animated, by the way. Uh, let
3: yeah let, let yeah. there be
0: no mistake in that. But yeah, this the, the Highwoodman song is weird and unpleasant and shot uh it is. in a it is really like... fantastic way. Yes, Cameron, you were saying it is,
1: it is physically disturbing. <laughs> like <laughs> I
2: closed my eyes the second time. <laughs> He's just, he's, like, foreshortened a lot. Um, it, yeah, it, something
1: about the perspective really throws mm-hmm. me, I think.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's like, well, Wirt didn't eat anything, but had he done so, I would have been suspicious. And, like, they, did they slip him some acid? Because he's just starts <laughs> to trip and Yeah. Uh,
1: meanwhile,
2: like yes.
0: Uh, meanwhile, in a stable next to the tavern, Beatrice is talking to a horse that simply laughs uh, like a yep. human. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> once a, did Miyazaki, <laughs> was Miyazaki inspired <laughs> to make Bloodborne based off of, was the old Hunter's <laughs> DLC based off of this horse? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> And flies into the woods uh, after she, she I believe, sees a light or hears some noise. Um, mm. uh, meanwhile, Wart, still desperately trying to uh, get directions, uh, finally gives in to the patron's inquiry as to who he is, and does a half-hearted, sing-songy, <laughs> uh, m- really bad... <laughs> uh, kind of explanation uh as to what his character is and everybody uh they dub him the lover uh because he (laughs) mentioned that he is trying to get to adelaide's house uh which is obviously a girl a woman a girl uh the entire tavern breaks into a song um uh, about how he needs to uh fit himself out in order to court a lady.
3: Uh
0: after at the end of which he's like, No, no, I mean I'm 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 looking for her. I'm just I don't love her. I'm just looking for her. And they're like, Oh, you're the pilgrim then. Um and it's like, Yes, yes, just tell us that this is the hero's journey. Um uh uh, Wurt. Uh, oh. There, there is the song of the Black Lantern. Uh, which is the lantern of the Beast. Uh, mm. the Beast carries the lantern, but Wurt comments, "Wait a minute! I only saw the woodsman carrying the lantern. <sighs> is the woodsman the Beast?" Um, uh, he hears, <laughs> he hears, uh, Beatrice cry uh races out of the tavern jumps on the horse uh tells the horse horse pretend i know how to ride you and takes (laughs) off um only to find the woodsman uh felling uh uh aiming his axe at another one of those horrible snow white trees uh and with beatrice uh passed out on one of the roots um The uh, woodsman is startled and Wart immediately says, you are the beast. I knew you were evil. And he's like, and the woodsman's (laughs) like, what? Uh, And, uh, and uh, I believe the horse uh, uh, kicks the woodsman in the face as horses are known to do. uh, Yeah.
3: Yeah. Knocking
0: him out and uh, igniting the horror tree uh, 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 into flames and uh, Wart snatches up Beatrice and races off. Uh, Beatrice awakens, and uh, uh, Wart is like, "I saved you from the woodsman." And she was like, uh, "You no, he didn't do anything. I just accidentally flew into a tree and knocked myself out." He's like, "Oh, <laughs> well, at least we have this horse now." And then, <laughs> and then the horse talks. And Beatrice yeah. is like, wait, you could have talked to me this entire time. To which the horse just once again does his creepy human laugh.
3: Um,
0: <laughs> and uh, the episode ends with the woodsman being accosted. And uh, the final, finally the reveal of the beast, a horrific shadowy entity that appears to have deer ha- antlers. Uh, Mm. is only seen in shadow and has uh, stark white unblinking eyes. Uh, The Mm. beast uh, chides the woodsman and says you should really make sure that you keep that lantern lit. You wouldn't want your daughter's soul to go out uh, cut to a shot of the lantern uh, and the flame in the figure of a young woman. Uh, And Mm. that is the end of tales of the dark lantern
2: songs of the dark lantern the beast is clearly not a wendigo no (laughs)
1: yes no never be such a thing roaming around an icy woodland
2: no (laughs) (laughs)
3: um
0: it's a good episode it's fun Mm. Uh, uh uh it is another music heavy episode um and i like that they finally introduced the beast um who is uh, appropriately uh childhood horror adjacent creepy
3: mhm mhm
0: <laughs> um and uh yeah any any other thoughts about songs of the dark lantern
1: i hate the highwayman and i don't like looking at him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Make ends meet with both my hands.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> well, at least I got a good Halloween costume for this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, Yeah. That's it. it's it's a good episode. But yeah, really, the, the thing that sticks with me is how physically and mentally I am disturbed by the Highwayman <laughs> and his little song. Despite the fact that it's not really any crazier than anything else in the show. <laughs> No. Nope. Just something about it really gets me. <laughs>
3: uh
0: and I believe that brings us to mm. episode five, Mad Love. Yeah. Mad
1: Love. Um, yeah, so the gang gets into fraud. Um <laughs> <laughs> So, to, to, to get to Adelaide's house, they need to take the Frog Ferry, and to take the Frog Ferry, you need money. So, Wirt, Greg, Beatrice, and the horse are hanging out at this old man Quincy Endicott's manor, Um, and Quincy Endicott appears to believe that Wurt and Greg are his long-lost nephews come to visit him, Um, which is a front for them flipping the place and you know getting their cash they need it they need it to ride the ferry the frog ferry <laughs> um essentially they are taking advantage of an old lonely man um and there is there is sort of the 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 required moral griping about you know is this the right thing to do do we really need do we really really need to do this yada 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 um, but this also turns into, like, one of my favourite styles of Old House story, which is, I saw a ghost one night, and then the, the, the story continues on and you realise it's not a ghost, it's, a, it's another real person, perhaps, <laughs> uh, and it turns into this little mystery, um, but yeah, Quincy Endicott is a tea? maker, I believe. He's a
0: tea magnet.
1: <laughs> tea magnet, beg pardon, beg pardon, yes. <laughs> um, very much in the old British royalty style of just owning a, a shit ton of tea and <laughs> selling it to people because people love tea. Um, and he has this vast, once again, sort of impossible space, sprawling manor um, with all kinds of fun things like secret passages and fireplaces and it's got its own greenhouse uh, which... You know, has this this little bronze plaque saying it's you know this place was built by the Endicotts, yada yada yada. Um, and uh, yes, Quincy Endicott once late at night saw a uh, a beautiful young woman roaming the hall. She must have been a spirit, because of course his family's lived in this house for generations, and he saw her portrait hanging on a wall in one of the rooms. Yes.
0: Um, <laughs> in a, in a and part a, of the manner that he didn't recognize.
1: Yes,
2: yes yes exactly something, yes something spiritual well, the, the other conceit of this this fancy house <laughs> is that it keeps expanding just because of his insane wealth he's like i have so much money i was building things and then st- stuff just appears like yeah. rooms appear that i don't remember having built but they're there must be my money <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: that that sounds like a rich person problem to me honestly uh and I've enough trouble keeping track of my place.
0: <laughs> and it it is worth mentioning that uh, uh uh dear Unky Endicott is uh voiced by John Cleese. So mm.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, picture picture that beautiful Cleesian tone with <laughs> absolutely everything he's yes. talking about. He's he's um, as a faulty reborn. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, while, um, while Beatrice and Wirt are tossing the place, the horse and Greg are distracting Quincy Endicott with this sort of fool's chase for this spirit that inhabits his home, um, we get a, we get a little bonding with Wirt and Beatrice, and Beatrice reveals that she did used to be human because she used to wear clothes, um, (laughs) (laughs) which you know. Just a talking bluebird would be crazy, obviously she used to be human um
3: <laughs>
1: uh, uh and uh, in response to this deep, dark secret, word reveals his own deep, dark secret that there is a girl he likes somewhere back home named Sarah and, uh and sometimes he reads out poetry and things like that, and other terrible, deep, embarrassing things, and man, that's like a like a shot in the arm. A teenage mixed nostalgia and shame.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: he's like, I read poetry and also play clarinet, and I'm like, oh, yeah. you're attacking a very specific subset of people with yeah. with this with this character affectation it was me, show. Yeah, thanks. It was
1: me reading English literature and playing the violin. <laughs> I also played the clarinet, so
2: it just struck struck nice. a tear.
1: Ah, uh, sweet memories. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um. Yeah. Uh. And. <laughs> oh my God. Um. Yeah. And this. Uh. This sort of the the climax of this episode comes when they they finally find the room where Quincy once saw that that spirit of a woman, uh, and she just shows up again, and they both scream and faint and pass out momentarily, uh because it turns out they are both real people, uh and had each thought the other a ghost inhabiting their own home because these are two incredibly wealthy tea magnets whose manners have expanded beyond their boundaries through various renovations and you know offshoots being built onto them to the point where they have crossed boundaries and become <laughs> the same enormous labyrinthine home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and to prove it, the greenhouse is one of the shared points, and also has another plaque hidden behind the ivy, showing that it belongs to this lady's family as well. <laughs> um,
0: um, I before before they before they pass hmm. out, it, it it there is my favorite interaction. With, uh, of mm. this episode, where they discover a spilled tea set, and the horse is like, "This guy's not rich. He he killed the actual owners, and he's been putting on a <laughs> front the entire time." And Quincy's yeah. just, just like, "What are you implying, horse?" And I'm just like, "Yes, that is. This is the level of absurdity that I want, where a talking horse is accusing a tea magnet voice by John Cleese of murder."
1: Most foul.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's uh, it's really, really good. Um, and uh, the yeah, the the they're united or reunited, depending how you classify their early interactions, I guess. And uh, are very much happy to have met each other. <coughs> you know that that uh, that that beautiful, in, incredible woman meeting that dashing, handsome tea magnet. <laughs> um. Uh, they they seem to strike it off pretty well and agree to go into business together uh which you know things move a little fast in fairy tales so that makes sense to me uh and as a reward for for um for greg's like uh resilience and bravery in getting them to find each other finally uh they each reward him with one cent so that they may so that he may uh begin building his own fortune uh and yeah, the mollifying element of we're, we're robbing this old guy was always the fair The fare for the fairy only costs two cents for a group, so that's all we need to find. Yes. Um, and so that you know, uh, Word and Beatrice are overjoyed. They've got the two cents they need without having to actually do anything morally reprehensible.
2: They um, they broke a... Faberge eggs. <laughs> they did, and a Faberge <laughs> egg Kids the size of a person.
0: Kids don't know what
1: those are worth. It's fine. It's a fantasy. We're gonna need <laughs> those millions
2: of dollars.
0: He's obscenely rich. He d- he probably won't even notice. And if he does, he probably won't even care.
2: I mean, honestly, he even now notice that
1: they like know like the two rooms. houses are connected. Exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say the the odds of him returning to the room where the Faberge egg was are like practically zero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um and yeah so they they're really happy they go off on their way and um greg in a fit of childish pique immediately tosses those two cents into the closest pond where they are sunk beyond beyond recovery deep in the dark waters filled with koi and <laughs> and treasure <laughs> and yeah and hidden yes, treasure and, such as uh, just a mountain of pennies
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, and it should uh, uh, put a pin in the fact that it was only two cents, two coins, because mm. that means something <laughs> as we come <laughs> to the end. Mm.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's mad love. It's a it's a cute little story. Like I mentioned, I have a fond spot for that that um, that super old giant manor trope of you see a spirit and it later turns out to be just another person actually inhabiting the house as well so i really liked it personally yes um once again sort of more of the the whimsy side and um less of the abject terror or horror um because once again there's no like real threat yep. it's more the uh, the moral quandary of do we steal 2 cents from this old clearly insane man <laughs> in his incredible house <laughs>
3: Well, that brings us to
2: episode six. Somehow, already,
1: already,
0: already, already. Lullaby in Frogland, Dave. (laughs)
2: Look, we got to get aboard the the ferry. But (laughs) Gregory gave away our only two cents that we would need to board it, so the the children, Frog and Burb, have to sneak aboard. The frog fairy. And it is indeed an old style uh steam boat looking fairy filled with posh frogs. That do no. not talk. That they do, do not they, they do not talk yeah, they do not talk. And they bring all their babies and that part of sad. <laughs> so mm. there's uh, it, you know there has, like there's like a little um, uh, six piece band that is on a little band stage, and uh, they're all just the, the frogs just kind of having little croaky conversations as they drift down the river, pleasantly um, getting to their destination. Uh, and they they the the lads feel a little out of place because uh, Greg's frog. Um, I think he's now President Washington. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
1: this is where he becomes President Washington. Yes,
2: is is stark naked (laughs) and is quite embarrassed (laughs) to be with all these froggy folk. Um, He now is bipedal and just naked. (laughs) And he's also the size of them. He's, like, larger than than he was before. Maybe just has long legs. I don't know. Uh, They're they're, they're children-sized, all these frogs. Yeah, which makes them quite big. Uh, yeah, and, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> they're just kind of trying to pass the time, but um, we never find out either. It's because they didn't pay the fare, or that uh, George Washington is stark naked. Um, the two <laughs> uh, Bobby Frogs on <laughs> on the the ferry are um, leading them a merry chase, trying to arrest the the group. And we just get, it's very, very whimsy. This just gets injected full of it again to the point where they're kind of scooby-doo running around the, the ferry. Uh, (laughs) Yes. They run past a water wheel and then the frogs run past and the water wheel comes out of the water and it like has the kids on it. It's, it's very cute. Um, (laughs) Yeah. They they run into. I like that
0: everyone salutes the captain. Yes, yes, everyone yeah. has to. Oh, <laughs>
2: <Gotta> <laughs> Gregory stops to salute the captain. They keep running, and then the uh, the, the, the the cop frog stop and salute the captain. Um, <laughs> it's good. The the kids hide in a, a supply closet and assemble a costume to wear their their. Uh, George Washington is the head with a little hat on and he's wearing a big cloak with everyone <laughs> standing on everyone's shoulder to, to become tall enough mm. to be a, an adult. Yep. Um, it's it's very cute. And <laughs> Gregory jams a drum on his head and cuts little eye holes and he's just wa- wandering around as a drum and they, they decide to yeah. try to like hide by joining the band. And he just keeps insisting that Wurt hit him. He's like, "Bang me, bang my drum head." Bang me. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, it hurts him, so he's getting hit by the little mallet. He's like, "Ow, ow, ow!" <laughs> it's 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 very cute. Um, they're they they join the band, and they're doing a big show with the conductor in the audience, and everyone's happy, and. Uh, I think he changes, maybe he's John Adams now. he keeps getting his name changed to other presidents,
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: but um, he starts singing in this most gorgeous voice that we recognize from the intro of the show that played once upon a time and and and, and sings a wonderful cute song, and all the frogs enjoy it um but in the in the swinging commotion of work, trying to like smack the drum but not being able to see uh, out of the coat he knocks the bassoonist over the board yeah <laughs> and everything stops like it's like the record scratch like something's wrong they just really <laughs> love the bassoon apparently because they're not upset at anything else or that the disguise was compromised but that the bassoonist is gone and um beatrice is like just pick up the pick up the bassoon just play it because I, I know you can, he's like, I play the clarinet not the bassoon, the embouchure's completely different, and he's just, just play it um, he's <laughs> like the, on the, the low register it still
3: works
0: <laughs> the frog anger is 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 coupled with my favorite visual of them all looking up into the sky and screaming with their tongues flailing yes. in the air all of yeah. these very well dressed refined looking frogs just, lah!
3: <laughs> yeah, they're very
2: perturbed by the bassoonist missing, but um, as soon as he begins to play, they calm down and then uh, are entranced and ensorcelled by the dulcet tones of uh, President Wilson, Woodrow Wilson,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> singing his song. Uh, it's it's very it's very good. Uh, they they eventually reach um, a. Fairy landing and disembark and mass, only to sleep in the mud. It's I don't like that part. Frogs like <laughs> in their clothes, like sink into the mud pies, yep. mud, mud puddles. Cause, it's cause disgusting.
3: Because
0: it, w- winter's coming and frogs yeah. they They're hibernate to bury themselves yep in the cold wet mud just like greg does filth child that he is
2: (laughs) oh yeah he it becomes really disgusting and i keep thinking he's like cursed to become old because the mud's drying on his face yes (laughs) and it just dries in like these weird wrinkly lumps and he's yeah. either become old or he's about to face the predator. One of the two happened.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's hiding from the, the heat signature seeking eyes of the beast. That would have been actually cool. I would have liked that to happen.
3: <laughs> but
2: that's not what happens. They um, they no. end up just like kind of sitting by a little, making a little campfire uh, and trying to figure out what to do next because they don't know where to go. Um, to get to Adelaide's at this point. They just they just stopped and, on some Bia- random side of the river.
0: And Beatrice has been a little odd this entire time as well.
2: Yeah, she's been kind of standoffish and aloof. To where she's snipey, but then withdrawn a little bit and not engaging with the, with the boys, and specifically with the word who's been talking to her more, on, more and more often. Hmm. And, uh, I, I think this is the part where she, yeah, I think she leaves at the end of the episode. Or uh, right? uh, uh, the, yeah, the, it's actually, actually this
0: part is the, the, uh, because she does, uh, just go to Adelaide and they find her uh which uh like this episode is is feels like a two parter, but in one episode, but no adelaide she uh she goes to adelaide uh who reveals her that she isn't a kind uh, uh, uh Glinda the good witch uh uh character but is in fact uh, 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 a witch that
2: lives in a lovely field that wants child slaves.
3: <laughs> yes she just needs she
2: just needs one apparently, but um she had made a, a bargain with Beatrice where she would um provide the scissors needed to retransform her and her family back to people um and in exchange for uh Beatrice leading a child um to Adelaide's house to become a, a sacrificial slave and she brought two boys. Well, she, she didn't bring them at all. She she left the boys at the little campsite to go try to break the deal or, yes. or find some other way to like find other things to exchange. It's not clear. She she sort of gets caught in the middle of this because uh, Wirt and Gregory um, followed her. They, they somehow tracked her enough to, to get to the house and In the middle of the con, like they don't hear that Beatrice is um, trying to like not bring them because technically she didn't bring them here. Uh, Right. But where you know he he gets his butt hurt feelings and feels betrayed. um, (coughs) Burst in to confront both Beatrice uh, in her betrayal and then Adelaide in her spookiness. Um, but are immediately cocooned by the massive, uh, thread trap that, um, Adelaide has <laughs> created, this web um, of colored threads in her home. I,
0: uh, so I, I love that at the, uh, the back of Adelaide's shawl, uh, is, is a Black Widow hourglass, um, mm. and that she, uh, does Cat's Cradle, um, Thus just surprise, I'm a spider, uh and also, more more importantly, is also voiced by John Cleese, which is fantastic. Really? Yes.
3: Oh wow. That's cool.
0: <laughs> um and then we get our best Oz illusion, which is uh, she's been complaining about keeping all the doors and windows closed because oh, that that fresh air just does terrible things to my skin. Um, and, in which uh, afterwards Beatrice uh, opens a window and she um, oxidizes instantly in, in yeah. a most horrific fashion.
2: <laughs> mm. yeah it's the, I'm melting yeah. I'm melting but not having any time to say that because it's it's instantaneous she just her skin sloughs off and she dies
3: mm. and
2: also produces yeah. like acrid black smoke too <laughs> yeah and it, it, it's like <laughs> if the outside night air is that poisonous you would have taken some other steps uh, rather than just having regular <laughs> windows and door I, I feel if you knew that was a fatal weakness, that would murder you instantly.
0: No, no you forget, Dave. I'm such a frail old woman that just needs yeah. a child slave.
2: Yeah, maybe, I mean, she really can't <laughs> motor around all that well. So, that's why she's mm. just kind of sits in her bed. Yep. Her yeah. wee- weaving her web of lies. <laughs> But um, in the um, in the big, uh, because she turns into a cloud of noxious poison, grossness. Um, the 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 boys um, make a, make an escape in the middle of it, um, unbeknownst to Beatrice, who's trying to like talk them, or, you know, explain the situation, even though they got captured. But um, right. in in murdering um, Adelaide accidentally uh she loses track of the boys and and is kind of left to be searching for them yes and And that's what splits the party up yep
0: yeah and this is where this is where the 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 series takes its turn for (laughs) um uh this is the swerve where the the tone becomes purely serious um um even with uh, little bits of greg's uh win- child whimsy um because I do believe that this uh uh brings us to episode seven, the ring of the bell uh, Wert uh is oh I should say uh, it, uh I mm. should before we get started uh any thoughts on on <laughs> uh, on lullabies in Frogland?
2: I think uh, that the... I love the frog fairy. Yeah, that, that part's great. <laughs> I want to hang out there. <laughs> it's very calming. <laughs> the The bit with Adelaide is so quick. Um, It it feels like it's supposed to be a pivotal moment, and it's just done with so fast. It, because of the short nature of the show, they kind of have to do it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's it's dark, it's quick unexpected and then you're left with like what is what's going on we don't you know we need some explanation and you're thinking oh there's only you know three episodes left or four episodes after this and then mm. trying to figure out how it's going to you know wrap everything up and explain something maybe right yeah yeah
0: uh, which we don't get in Episode 7, The Ringing of the Bell. What we do get is a massive, big, uh, baby, pouty character shift. Uh, <laughs> uh, thanks to Beatrice's, uh, and I'm doing the biggest air quotes uh, you can imagine right now, betrayal, Wirt has become a big, sulky baby man. Uh, while Gregory (laughs) remains Gregory, uh, and, uh, and, uh, George Washington Phillips Franklin (laughs) has, uh, uh, continues, uh, they are rowing down a river, uh, in an outhouse, which I love. Uh, Greg is paddling with a guitar, uh, Wurt's not paddling, he's being a big sulky baby, uh, and, uh, uh, is becoming increasingly more and more upset with uh Greg's childhood whimsy. Um they eventually make landfall and uh uh warts just like I just need you to be serious. Start being serious, please. Uh they discover a decrepit uh, old house, which uh, in in a uh, surprising uh, change of character, Gregory's like, man, I hope you're not going to suggest that we go into that rickety old house. And Wart is the one to say, <laughs> hey, let's go into this rickety old house. Um, yeah. <laughs> they uh, uh, break in as they do, um, which once again is a very fairy tale trope of just breaking it, entering into other people's property because you think it's abandoned. Um, light candles <laughs> and fires and discover no, in fact, it's not abandoned. Uh, there is a, a a fair maid, a fair maiden that lives there mm-hmm. uh, that. Uh, is is very concerned at their appearance. She's like, oh no, you must hide, for Auntie Whispers will be coming. Um she has the same exact nose as Wurt, so that means that she mm. is love interest now. Um yep, yep. <laughs> and uh then we are her um we are she's like she's like I stay here with Auntie Whispers because uh, because uh, for for the safety and there she's being incredibly vague. Uh, she implies that something sinister happens, uh, but she's not uh, attributing it to uh, anyone. She just says that oh, I I I've I've been I sometimes I'm bad and do bad things, and anti-whispers uh, keeps me safe and protects me. Uh, then we are introduced to anti-whispers. Uh, my favorite thing in this entire (laughs) entire entire series and Mm -hmm. she uh, she kind (laughs) of looks like the americana version of the witch from spirited away yes exactly (laughs) um and 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 more importantly is voiced by tim curry (laughs)
3: Yep. <laughs> Lorne,
0: Lorna Lorna. very raspy, Lorna, you, Lorna.
3: You're
0: you're not you're not hiding any any children here. There are other children. <laughs> Don't lie to me, girl. The the ring of the bell compels you. And she pulls out a, a bell and rings it and Lorna's la- eyes flash. She says, The children are in the basket. Uh she's like, Oh, Oh, I see. You mean the turtles because Auntie Whisper loves the loves eating the uh turtles that apparently turn you into monsters, uh which probably <laughs> explains her appearance quite a bit. I just yeah, I need yeah. to know what everybody thinks about Auntie Whispers because she is my favorite thing uh, ever.
1: <laughs> she's pretty great. She feels I think you hit it on the head. She feels distinctly Miyazaki. esque yes. Um, like you said, like Spirited Away, witch with a little bit of um, Howl's Moving Castle, um, the 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 fat the fat witch from Oh yes, Witch of the Waste, yeah, yes, Yes. yeah. Um, I I really like her hands (laughs) uh, because they are like bright red from like clearly either from washing things in cold water a lot or some other thing that exposes the hands, and it's such a contrast to like her. Terribly pale, bug eyed, enormous head.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> it's a really, really good character design.
2: Yeah, I um, thought she had like a slug body, but it's just her dress drags in the mud. Yes. Mm.
0: <laughs> and, and, like, and she uh, moves
2: like in a weird pace. Yes.
0: Yeah. Like she <laughs> hobbles. Hob- yeah. Yeah, hobbles. No. Mm.
2: Um,
0: yeah, she's great. She has a she's missing a bunch of teeth, and all of her other teeth are just black. Uh, once again, because she apparently loves consuming these black tar <laughs> uh, turtles. Um, yeah, uh, she's like, "Well, girl, I'm going to go to sleep. You need to sweep. Uh, the ringing of the bell compels you. It's like, oh, okay, ew, weird, weird, yeah. weird servitude." Uh, nonsense going on here uh, and uh, she she also uh, tells her and put out that fire for I did not ask you to light it um, which is great it's a great <laughs> line I love that delivery and she goes upstairs and goes to sleep and uh, Wirt and Greg pop out of the and, and George Washington <laughs> uh, pop out of the uh, turtle basket and words like "so what"? You're like her slave, and uh, you have to keep sweeping until it's done. And Lorna's like, "Yep, that pretty much." She's he's like, "That's horrible." He's like, "No, nah, he whispers takes care of me, and uh, uh, you know protects me when when I'm bad, when when I do something evil, um, which uh, completely teflon's off of work." Uh, And he's like, hey, you know what? Maybe um, if uh, I help you clean, uh, you'll be done sooner And we could, you know, run away and escape And she's like, sure, I would like that And so they do Uh, Greg, being a child uh, Who uh, follows the frog up the stairs Being as loud as possible uh, (laughs) Gets upstairs uh, and obviously uh wakes up Auntie Whispers who comes downstairs uh, and screaming and saying you will be devoured you, you this this was a mistake <laughs> coming here uh they locked themselves in a side room that Lorna had come out of um and then we get the twist of the episode surprise Auntie whispers is not the monster lona is in fact po- possessed by an evil spirit that turns her into a horrific skeletal demon that <laughs> eats uh
2: that eats the bones of other people uh, yep. well I, I think she eats the people and then counts the bones
0: oh yes yes right because she is actually featured in the little vignette in the opening episode song so yes she does eat eat the flesh and organs and save the bones for counting um Wart does a really fantastic action role out a window like Leon S. Kennedy with Greg yeah. <laughs> even,
2: even Gregory calls it out he's like let's do this plan it's like, no your plan's better
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Lorna now flying, and once again, she's. It, it's really legitimately like a, a horrific, like monster, ghoulish, like wraith design.
2: It's probably uh, the scariest is. thing in the show.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Mm. It, it. It. Yes. Um, it's flying after them. Uh, they get uh, stuck in a bog and. Uh, We then discover that uh, Gregory's frog has swallowed the bell and he starts (laughs) shaking his frog whose belly lights up. And uh, Greg uh, tells her uh, to turn into a giant tiger. Uh, Wirt smartly grabs the frog away from her uh, and rings it and says, I want you to leave her alone. I want you to stop making her do bad things. Uh, and go away forever, uh which seems like literally the most logical thing anyone could have ever commanded <laughs> the evil spirit to do um once I, and I really do think that this is this 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 wish right here is set up for the very end of the series uh but yes, the evil spirit complies uh leaves her <laughs> and, and explodes in a uh, uh uh, as a horrible ghost skull. Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh Lorna uh is saved and freed. Auntie Whispers comes and says, Oh, I guess you won't need me anymore now that you I'm now that I can't keep you as, as an indentured servant <laughs> and Lorna's like, No, Auntie Whispers, I actually I actually do love you. Thank you for everything that you've done for me. You've always tried to protect me. I'll never leave you. Um, mm. And uh, that is the end of the episode, right?
2: Actually, she says, yep. now that I don't have the bell, and then Gregory helpfully lets her know that she can have it back once the president has pooped it out.
0: Yes, that's right. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh,
0: and uh, I believe the episode is... is uh, Oh, and we get a, another great revelation where uh as they go to leave, uh Auntie Whisper says, uh, and avoid my evil sister Adelaide, who lives in the field. And it's like, Oh We're wow, uh, yeah, yeah, she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Uh and uh the boy uh the boys uh leave uh we're slowly losing hope as the beast uh watches them from the shadows. And that is the ringing mm. of the bell. Um it is the most spoopy episode, because man, uh, ghost ghost Laura is is really goddamn horrific. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh my god. So good though. <laughs>
0: um it's a fun little twist on the of course you think that the old ugly woman is going to be evil uh but no in fact it is uh and you know it it only works because everybody's being so vague about like the the threat um but still hmm. it is uh, it does feel very fairy tale in that um like there's a looming dread over the proceedings uh but you don't but the twist is that you don't know where it actually comes from Um, yeah 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 it's a good it's a good one
3: um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: and uh i guess that uh i guess that brings us to babes in the woods cameron
1: it does indeed babes in the woods uh yeah so what uh what Greg and El presidente uh uh continuing along their journey uh sailing down a lake uh and we've heard mention of the beast being like a singer previously but it's never been really super obvious until this point where we can just hear this this sort of baritone voice ululating through the woods uh as they sail along sort of very upbeat but at the same time obviously kind of disturbing to hear um we're sort of drawing to the close of this story now and um the beast is drawing nearer and nearer with every episode uh greg is pretty hopeful about you know them making their way home pretty soon while wirt himself has basically given up at this point because the woods appear to go on forever and uh everything everywhere they go, it never gets them any closer to getting out and Beatrice betrayed them and you know, Lorna turned out to be a horrible monster. <laughs> you know, it's it's been rough for him. Um So he's he's struggling with um struggling with optimism. <laughs> uh and they reach land, you know, take a break, sit under a tree, uh grab some shelter, have a bit of a nap, you'll be A okay. Uh and Greg has a most wonderful dream. Uh he dreams of travelling to a city in the clouds with all kinds of terrifyingly drawn characters oh, hanging yes. out and being his friends. Um this is this is the, the uh the uh the, the great trope of like that extreme like early childhood style of art taken to the uh to the nightmare extreme like people like this is the kind of beautiful colorful animals that young children really love and then it just gets a little too weird and i for one personally find it quite disturbing um (laughs) it's also very Uh...
0: reminiscent of like the early 20s like rubber band uh like animated kind of short Mm. like everyone like there's no body structure it's all loops and 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 rolls and waves um it also uh it also feels a lot like little nemo in dreamland like the original comic strips (laughs) as well (laughs) um Mm. which i appreciate but yes it is it is a clear like uh throwback reference to, like, older, like, um, uh, early, uh, early century animation, um, Mm. which is why it is also so completely and utterly (laughs) off-putting by modern sensibilities.
1: (laughs) Um, But yeah, you know, uh, Greg has an absolutely wonderful time. He's he's on Cloud9. He's been welcomed by all the inhabitants of the Cloud City. But gasp! A problem. Um, the northern wind has been unleashed. <laughs> this sort of this terrifying elemental force of um, both destruction and disruption uh, because the festivities can't simply can't go on uh, while the while the northern wind blows so terribly. Uh, fortunately, this being wonderful dreamland, Greg is incredibly strong and powerful. <laughs> um. <laughs> And uh manages to, by the skin of his teeth, defeat the North Wind. Um which uh all of this does parallel the real world incidentally as the north wind begins to blow, uh a snowstorm sweeps in uh on land, uh where Greg and, Wirt and El Presidente are sleeping, um, and begins to, you know, freeze the kids to death, and this is the the, the allegory for what's going on, etc. Um but with uh with Greg's indefatigable nature uh his his willingness to always go on and keep trying until he gets what he wants uh he is able to push through and the queen of the clouds appears and offers him a wish um for you know (laughs) for successfully uh beating off the north wind and saving saving cloud city cloud land
0: probably cloud land that sounds
1: probably cloud land yeah um Greg is uh Greg is uh, he's a good little brother. He knows he knows what's up. Uh he wants to use his wish to find the way home for him and Wirt. Uh but unfortunately the Queen of the Clouds says he and Wirt can't go home together because Wirt has given up and the beast has sort of claimed him. Uh and we see that these adelwood uh which is the name of the creepy snow white trees. <laughs> these branches have um have sprung up out of the ground. Uh and sort of begun to encase work and uh the realization that creepy snow white trees are in fact just people. Um Adelwood oil is people. Uh... Yep. Yay, Woodsman, I hope you knew. Oh he
3: knew.
2: He didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't think what did I think about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. He just he he had all the information and chose never to put those dots together. Exactly. Uh.
0: Plausible deniability is one of the best things that human beings ever invented.
1: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so Greg, being a supremely loving and kind young man, uh, instead uses his wish to uh, essentially swap places with work, uh and rescue Wirt from the terrible fate of turning into an Edelwood tree, Uh, and so off he goes hand-in-hand with the beast as the beast's new prize, Uh, and Wirt awakens uh, just moments after and sees the beast leading Greg off into the woods. Ah, into the woods. Um... And uh, he attempts to follow after, and uh, you know it's it's very cold. It's suddenly winter, but it's not been winter quite long enough. The lake is not fully frozen over, and work goes right through the ice. Uh, and uh, look, I'm an Australian. I don't know a lot about ice and water, but I know it's probably not a good thing to fall in.
2: Uh, no, you're <laughs> usually that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you usually yeah. die.
1: <laughs> I figured as much. Um <laughs> uh very fortunately the the very last moment of the episode is a is a, a fishing net sweeping in uh to scoop uh dear Wirt up and uh the the stakes are set, you know, this is what is at risk. Yes. Is uh Greg has given himself up for work. Uh obviously work can't let that happen um and uh the beast is literally right here right now uh it's on yes this leads us into uh the second last episode
0: i do want to say that it's like it is a really good character moment when greg wakes up and Wart's still asleep and he's just like Hey, take care of uh take care of the frog for me and I hope you get mm. home safe and you know tell mom and dad that I love you and I I love uh, that that I love them and I, I love you and you know I hope that everything's okay like it is a mm. like a, a very pronounced shift in Greg being going from like a a child child to I, there's a thing that i need to do because i love yeah. you and it's it's actually legitimately heartbreaking because you, mm. you realize that he that you know that all of this childhood he like he, he, underneath all of this childhood optimism like greg is aware uh, and oh yeah of yeah. what. Of things, but he's, like, a kid, and, like, it, it feels like the the child is less, um, uh, it, it's, it's less his entire personality and more, hey, everything's going to be alright because my big brother's here and my big brother will mm. never let anything bad happen to me. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so, um... It's a good episode it's a once again, it's the it's the kind of perfect swerve into these are the stakes it going going into the end of this the series and I think it's executed well because then we mm. even though the next episode is still a vignette, it's the connective tissue for like a full narrative between these last few episodes, uh is there because they're all one series of events even though yeah um, but yeah that takes us uh, into uh, <laughs> into the unknown mm,
2: quite and I'll pick this one up uh, so into the unknown is the prologue of the whole <laughs> the whole affair uh, we are in early 90s territory somewhere in I, that late like, 80s early yeah 90s. it's it's yeah. that nebulous time uh the horror movie time the horror movie time um it's perfect it's it's <laughs> it's halloween and uh things are in full swing for this little small town uh we have Wirt um having just composed a a sweet mixtape for his love sarah um which he's going to use (laughs) to to confess to her on the the night of like it's got to be a friday night because they're doing a football game uh Mm. and she's in the band and it's 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 wrapping up of that into the typical high school after hours like let's go to a house party and do something just hang out for halloween yeah yeah Yeah. teenage stuff and
0: yeah, age-appropriate teenage stuff that isn't mm, illegal. Mm, yes
3: yep. <laughs> um,
2: Or or cared about as much um, in in these little towns. And he realizes he needs mm. a costume if he's gonna go swing by the the end of the game because everyone's dressed up. And he he yes has an old. Um, he finds a Santa Claus hat that he takes the pom pom and tr- fur trim off of. And then he finds what must have been maybe his dad's old, like, marching band outfit. Uh, Yeah. Or he just really loved Bloodborne. And (laughs) 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 he's part of the league. He takes the cloak uh, and tosses that on, thinks it all fits perfect. And now he's a gnome uh for his for his couple, maybe I think he just made up things and was like this this looks good, this is costume worthy, yeah, yeah. and sets off to, as you do yeah as you as you do, sets off to go um try to make the hand, like secretive handoff because he's he realizes that the ta- the tape is maybe too much because it's <laughs> uh spoken poetry and clarinet playing. <laughs> um, he's yep. he's self-aware enough to go that wait maybe this was not a great idea but that does not happen till after you've already recorded it, it you know it's understand yeah. it's understandable uh yeah so yeah. he he goes to do that <laughs> his you know his self-confidence is not the highest as it's ever been and he he uh runs across his brother who is um he's an elephant for Halloween and that the, the teapot is his spout <laughs> and he makes cute little elephant noises uh, it's, I, it's so, adorable so, so I it's had so fr- I had forgotten
0: um, that that Greg's costume w- that he was supposed to be an elephant and I think I forget this every single time that I watch this um, so it, it doesn't it show up gets... until
2: like the end of the, the thing
0: uh. Right, but it always gets the biggest laugh out of me because I'm just like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that he was like supposed to be an elephant." Because it, there's no way anyone could ever tell that that's
2: what. And that, that cost and me. that's the point because he just <laughs> stuck a tiara on his head. Yes, <laughs> and he's um, wearing oh, like I- slightly. I don't know what the clothes he's wearing are because they don't like everyone else is dressed like regular. Towns people, like yeah, yeah. ladies, yes, clothes, Um, suburban, yes, yeah, and he's wearing like short pants, weird short. I don't know, yeah, I don't know. He's just a precocious child, um, but he does. He does make
0: ladies' winters.
2: Yes, he was. So this is this obviously go ties into everything that's happened, um, uh, in the unknown. Where he's like, I I got all this candy um, because I helped rake leaves, and then words just. It's like it's Halloween; you get candy for free. He's like, but <laughs> I was helping out. So that whole like menial labor, not as a punishment, but as just a thing you do to yeah. help people and be nice, um, yep. or taken advantage of. One, you know, you can <laughs> you can read that any any old way, oh, but. Yeah. Uh, he has a pants full of candy because he doesn't have a bag to put it in. So guess what? You got some overalls, and you can just jam some candy down there, and somehow it doesn't fall out of the bottom <laughs> of your shorts. But we just don't think about that. Oh, um,
0: oh, may- maybe, maybe, <laughs> what's going on is that he has like extremely long socks, and he oh. stuffed the bottoms of his uh, of his shorts into, into his sock. Yeah. And- in, to make a bag a, a candy make, repository. Yeah,
2: he made little pantaloons.
0: Mm. Mm. Um, he's a he's
2: a he's a um, resourceful child. that's probably did something like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. he decides to tag along because he um, catches wind of Wurt's plan to go give the mixtape to Sarah. His works t- I mean, it's his brother. But it feels like he shouldn't have told him. I don't know. <laughs> but it it just it's gonna happen. And um, they make their way to the the field and run into Sarah's three her trio of friends because um, Sarah's <laughs> off talking to Thunderburger, uh, who is uh, yeah Jason Thunderburger, Funderburger, who's um. Wirt's nemesis and so the entire time when he was because Wirt talked about him a little bit when he was talking to Beatrice and he was like oh he's just well put together and he just goes on and on and I'm thinking he's like a football guy like a jock like it just didn't (laughs) yeah I'm getting a different picture even though with a name like Funderburger there's only so much that can happen um and he Wert his confidence is just so low that he's like it, it's he automatically assumes that he's lost out on this yes mm. on this friend uh, wins over him just because he talked to sarah first uh with no guarantee that he was even asking around in the first place i don't know you know it's kids it's, yeah it's just what's gonna happen um he finds out they're all going to a party but uh the girls end up with his tape because i think gregory just gives it to them he's like hey yeah. give this to sarah mm-hmm. And so they just wander off with it, and Wirt decides that this is a bad idea. He's just gonna go home. And the the what I love is the the it's it's this like Haddonfield feeling. It's that that little little town, Mm -hmm. and there's like the cop car parked, just to kind of make sure there's no mischief going on. But he's also they don't care. (laughs) He's just. Hey, stop running, kids! Ah, I don't care. It's Halloween, you know. Because they're just bored. <laughs> they're, it's a small town; they're bored, and they're just giving people like shit, um, but not enforcing yeah. anything, you know. Unless there was probably something going on, then he, you know, I feel like they would have stepped in if it's something ridiculous. But you know, they're just they're just having a lark too. Uh, yeah. And uh, Wirt decides that oh, maybe he should go get that tape back before she hears it, because obviously. The the bird's gonna make his moves and, and win Sarah's heart and then they're just gonna listen to the tape together and laugh at him because it's poetry and clarinet playing. Um Yep. And his imagination goes wild and so he, he books it uh to find out that the the game's over and everyone's headed to a house party that he wasn't invited to, so he can't just go in and crash mm. the party uh and then gregory is like i'll just go get it he's like you're not invited either gregory doesn't care (laughs) he's gonna do yep (laughs) Uh, and plus he wants to show off his sweet elephant costume (laughs) so he he goes and they try to get the the tape but the the kids are all going to go to the graveyard to tell spooky stories that's what you do on halloween and we meet thunderburger and he's the most underwhelming Oh, man. Nebbish. <laughs> it's, it's Woody Allen. Yeah. Teenage Woody yeah. Allen. Woody Allen is the, a 13 the, year old. With the tiniest little beady eyes. And I don't think he has braces, but he probably should. And hey, he's work. nasal. Yeah, it's the most not. Good to see you. Not threatening <laughs> little turd. Um, He's probably fine, but he's just annoying and. He's, he's sweet on Sarah, and I don't think she knows that. It's hard to tell, or she's putting up with him. I can't tell. Right. Uh and or I think it's because she thinks he's harmless because he is. He's just Yes. He's just Funderburger. <laughs> it's like I <laughs> I don't even know. It's ridiculous, and you're just like, Work, my dude. You 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 have more than a snowball's chance. <laughs> probably um yes it's it's ridiculous but uh he's still too intimidated to go join the group um gregory doesn't care he just rolls up and he's trying to get the tape back <laughs> uh and of course he's stream of consciousness consciousness so they're like oh hey it's it's hort's little brother where's and he's like yeah he's in the bushes <laughs> he's over there oh. <laughs> even though he was so. supposed to distract them
0: uh, right. Uh mm. so I, I just want to point out, because this is the new thing that I just noticed, um, the uh uh gravestone uh that Gregory is hiding behind has the name Quincy Endercott on it. Mm.
3: Um, yes,
0: which I had never noticed in all of the times that I had watched <laughs> the series before. And I was like, oh, it's there, too. That's where the name came from. And so. Yeah, because
2: everything in the unknown is obviously things that are, um, they're pulled from these boys' lives. And they aren't, uh, it's weird because they're not, like, life-affirming or things that are just in there every day. It's the side small things that make sense because it's, it's, it's stuff your subconsciousness will pick up. And yes. just mm-hmm. and just use as fodder. Uh, the the boys grab the tape and then just book it because the the cops show up. Just they're just checking out that so they're not like they're not really telling the kids to break it up because right these, these are like the nerd mm-hmm. kids. They know that they're not up to anything. They're just having fun. Going hey, you kids, get out <laughs> of the graveyard. And uh, Gr- Gregory and Wirt take it seriously and just like well, we got to go. And so they. They they run into a dead end and then um clamber up uh over the the, the graveyard garden wall and hmm. they jump the wall and the cops are like, uh, we meant to come back down on the uh okay, kids. <laughs> now we gotta go find you. <laughs>
0: It's the only time the cops actually get serious because they're just like, No, that's really dangerous. Please don't do that. Please just come mm. back down. We were only kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> if we didn't mean to go over that side. Oh, but I love uh when Sarah uh when Wert sees Sarah and Thunderburger find the tape in her jacket pocket and he's just like,
2: No. no like literally. Yeah.
0: Literally like I I'm turning into a corn
2: cob and disappearing. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. it's great. They we get a montage of rolling down the hill and you're going, these kids are going to die. Like it's not <laughs> it's a terrible mm. incline. There's probably full of rocks. Their eyes are they're just tumbling, you know, ass over elbows down this hill. Uh and just like this is not gonna be good. They get to the bottom and that's
0: after they Find the they find the frog. um
2: Yeah, he they they found it like right there, and then they. <laughs> I think he found it before they went over. Yes. Yeah, because it was just in the bushes. It's like because Gre- even Greg. This is where we see that Gregory is like he can un- he understands and can be serious. He's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> this stuff's more important. We'll forget the frog hunt that you promised me we were gonna do, bro. Right. And we never <laughs> get to. Um, and it's like, oh look, a frog. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, you you were only lo- kidding
0: about this not being a frog hunt. This was a big trick. They are the yeah. best,
2: bro. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they 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 crash down the hill, and again, this show loves to play with you. So I thought they 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 dust themselves off, get up, and then they're on a train track with a freight train coming down, and you're going like, oh my god, they're gonna die. And they mm. they dodge dodge to the left, um, <laughs> tumble down and end up in a lake. Yep, but they're knocked out. Yeah, and that yes, never yes. that never ends well. And so they're just no. dripped into that that deep sleep, uh, and we're back in uh, the unknown.
0: Yes, mm. uh, he wakes up in he wakes up in a. In a tree surrounded by bluebirds.
2: Yes. Yes, and Wirt's just like... he's has hypothermia, obviously. He's just out of it. And there's the mama bluebird, and he's like, Oh, he's awake. Have some dirt. <laughs> just Have some dirt. <laughs> jams a spoonful of dirt in Wurt's mouth, and he spits it out. And yeah, they explain that... Um, uh, he was dropped off outside their nest and they brought him in and they're keeping him warm because there's like 30 birds in there. It's, it's not 30, <laughs> yeah. but there's a lot. Uh, <laughs> and he, he's groggy and he knows he needs to find his brother and Beatrice and um, realizes that this is Beatrice's family. And they're, they're still looking for their daughter. Uh, and before he sets off, because it's still a snowstorm, and the mama bird's like, maybe you should just wait for the storm to finish, and then you can go. It's probably a better idea. Uh, and he's like, No, I gotta go. Uh, well, before you go, eat some dirt. And he yep. <laughs> he actually just eats the mouthful of. He's like, Fine, I'll be fortified with dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. That's it. Grow strong. Yeah, go strong, <laughs> young lad. Um. Yeah, and he he heads out uh into into the snowstorm. Uh, and he has the president uh, President Day with him. Uh, because yes. he he, he mm. sleepily promised Greg in his uh, uh, subconscious to watch the frog. And he's trying to go find his brother. Mm. And that's yes. episode, episode nine. It's not heavy <laughs> at all. It's so...
0: I have to... I really need to know um, because uh, the twist mm. of... Uh, of this might be the dying, the mutual dying dreams of two children from the <laughs> modern day. Uh, yeah, was a twist that I was not expecting from this show. <laughs> but, uh, I need, yeah. I need thoughts <laughs> from everyone.
1: <laughs> I mean, death dream is always a good twist. Um, I'm in, I'm in favor of the unknown being perhaps an afterlife of some kind. Mm-hmm. particularly because of the Quincy Endicott thing. Yes. Like, it it's a small detail that I don't think the kids would have probably noticed in their own day-to-day life in their town. Like, it's a, it's a gravestone off to the side, out of the way, with the name partially obscured. <laughs> like, I don't know if it would stick in there enough for it to be something they necessarily knew of or remembered themselves to sort of form into this, so the idea that it's like an actual literal afterlife that they're sort of drifting in and out of a little bit makes a sense to me especially with how sort of we we haven't really mentioned how um <laughs> crazily uh just cut cut smash a lot of the starts of the episodes are Oh yes. But like there's one there's one for where for no no reason as far as you can ascertain from the show, they're just in a cart, hiding in the back of this cart
2: that's being chased by the beast.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and all that kind oh, of Oh yeah, stuff. and
2: I mean the, the opening um, to Mad Love, they're just they're just in media rest talking to Uncle Andy. Mm. Like they didn't we didn't get them getting <laughs> yeah. there. They're just there. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's this is definitely Jacob's ladder territory.
3: <laughs> maybe, but maybe for kids. S- for
2: kids, but for kids, yes, and it's slightly <laughs> less Jacob's Laddery ending. <laughs> mm. Well, we'll yes, find out yeah, certainly. yeah,
1: hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I really like this. I was not expecting it to be like once again, not expecting it to be like the death dream of two children that are slowly <laughs> sinking to the bottom of a lake unconscious. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't want to speculate on it too much because I I really just like, I, I, I like believing that the unknown is some kind of like middle gray area between like life and death and that under very specific circumstances, uh, people can just exist in it, even though like people from, the real world can exist in mm. it even though it's yeah. probably mostly occupied by you know either the well clearly the dead as we've seen from Pottersville and various mm. other you know different states of being um it, I, I, yeah <laughs> i really i really like this uh and this episode i i i think it's a really really fun twist that I legitimately didn't see coming um and that brings us to our final episode from into the unknown to the unknown um Wirt, uh sets off uh the snowstorm has become even more um fearsome uh we uh uh get glimpses of beatrice searching through the snow as well uh she comes across uh gregory and the beast but is quickly blown away uh greg the beast asks gregory if he's brought the comb of honey that he asked for uh and gregory says yes here's some honeycomb a comb of golden honey and the beast is like very well you've bought two of the things that i asked a uh, a spool of silver thread and Greg's like yeah that's just spider thread uh and the, <laughs> uh, and the gold cup co- golden comb and the beast is like all right for your next task i want you to put the sun in this teacup uh and Greg's like, wow, that seems like pretty impossible. And the Beast is like, you can do anything if you just put your mind to it. He's like, oh, I'm going to put the teacup on the stump. Oh, he's the Beast says, you should, you should hurry because the sun is setting. And he's like, oh, I'm going to put it on the stump. And then the sun, it'll just look like the sun is descending into the teacup. And the Beast says, oh, you're such a clever boy, Gregory. And it's clearly a play to induce the hopelessness that Wirt was uh, uh mm. experiencing that led uh Atwood to uh begin to encase him however gregory being the precocious child that he is uh, uh is is fighting him off the best he can um because he is mm. the perfect one to do so because he has that childlike innocence uh Beatrice I literally smacks into Wurt, uh uh and says that she thinks that she saw Gregory. Um uh, meanwhile, after night has fallen, um the woodsman in the mill is desperately trying to uh get some oil from the last idlewood sticks, twigs that he has. Uh, and, uh, here's, uh, the singing of the beast, uh, ventures out into the forest with the lantern, uh, and has a conversation where the beast is like, uh, well, you know, it looks like that lantern's getting pretty low, but fortunately for me, I got a new tree for you, only to, uh... For the woodsman to shine his light on a partially encased uh, Greg, uh, significantly more than wart. Uh It is awful and terrifying and really, hmm. really sad. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, the woodsman's like, no, I would have never done it if, if I had known that this was what I was doing and the beast and the beast is like oh please you you knew you had your suspicions but you just wanted to lie to yourself they get into a fight um Wurtz and Beatrice uh uh discover the scene and discover Greg uh mm-hmm. and begin to uh try to break him free Uh once again he has taken root a little more than uh Um, uh, Wart has uh, at one point he coughs up some leaves and Beatrice is like oh no even the leaves are growing inside him and Greg's like (laughs) no I just decided to eat leaves Um, (laughs) it's cute Uh, the woodsman is knocked unconscious and the beast uh, then proceeds to offer Wart a deal hey I'll put your brother's soul into the lantern and all you need to do is just haunt the woods like the woodsman uh, and uh, keep the flame lit and your brother will will live forever as long as the flame is lit. Um, uh, <laughs> Wart agrees and then is like, wait a minute, no, that's stupid. I'm not just gonna wander around really, really kind of, like, calling out the <laughs> woodsman without even addressing him directly. It's like, I'm not just gonna spend years of my life wandering around the forest to, to fill this lantern. And besides, this lantern is, like, this. you're really interested in this lantern. Like, if I didn't know any better, I'd... I, guess that your soul was in it. Um, This infuriates the beast. Uh, He uh, literally covers the region in darkness and threatens Mm. Wart. Uh, Wart in return opens (laughs) the lantern and threatens to blow out the flame uh, only for the beast to retreat. Uh, Wart uh, confident in his uh, assertion of the situation, hands the... uh, Lantern over to the woodsman, uh, grabs his axe and cuts his brother free, uh, and says, uh, you know, do whatever you want to, woodsman. Uh, The woodsman then proceeds to shine the light, uh, shine the light on the beast. We get a flash of the beast's uh, actual appearance. It is a really... Goddamn awful um i spent i spent
2: be... so long trying to pause that i couldn't get it to pause on i was watching it on hulu <laughs> and it's like i can't
0: oh, right. yeah. freeze
2: frame that piece because i wanted to see it and it was like every time i'd get a glimpse i'm like it's like the thing this is horrible but i want to like actually freeze frame it and i then i figured i could google it but i forgot <laughs> yeah uh have
1: you not seen it then
2: i didn't see it it just I just saw the glimpse like uh, twenty times. One second. Yeah, one second, twenty I'll times. Find it. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: real bad. It's uh it's probably the worst. Uh in fact, hey I can it doesn't matter. We can we can cut
3: this. I got it. it's yeah, yeah,
1: oh yeah, you beat me to it. That's yeah. it. It's like a walking and fleshy Adelwood mass of faces.
0: Yeah, uh, of cool. literally all of the soul. Like the 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 implication is that it is he is literally comprised of all the souls that. Oh, he Oh no, and they're yes.
2: crying. Yeah. yeah, and if you have <laughs> tryptophobia, don't look up the beast. I'm just gonna oh, forewarn yeah. anyone <laughs> because he done be full of holes. Yeah. <laughs> um and the
0: <laughs> woodsman uh the woodsman uh resigned with the truth uh realizing that it was never his daughter at all uh blows out the lantern uh, extinguishing the beast and in the darkness we hear uh Wart say goodbye to beatrice and mm-hmm. flash back to the real world Uh, Wart awakens in the lake, swims down and grabs Greg and Mr. President, hauls them up into land. Uh, Fortunately, the police, still being actual good good police officers, uh, did continue to search for the kids. There is a search party. Uh, They come. They take them to the hospital. Wart wakes up. Uh, he's like, where's Greg? Uh, Greg is uh, being Greg, and he has freshly combed hair and looks rather dashing. Um, <laughs> um, and is regaling all of Wart's friends. Everybody's there. They're all very concerned about the two of them. It's very sweet. And finally, uh, we, Greg has finally come up with the perfect name for his frog, uh, which is Jason Thunderburger. Uh, Which causes Jason to reply, who, me? No, not you, my frog. No,
2: our our frog. And then he's like, our frog? No, like, not your frog. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, uh, Wart and Sarah have a moment. She's like, hey, I found your tape. I don't have a tape player. Wart's like, hey, maybe you can listen to it at my place. And then, once again, as Dave mentioned, being self-aware, he's like, uh, maybe we should listen to other tapes before we'll, we listen we'll to will lead up to that. <laughs> to that tape. Um, and uh, the narrator <laughs> chimes in and literally says, and everyone lived happily ever after, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but over the garden wall, and we get a lovely little book in vignette of the song um, from the very first episode, uh, showing that the woodsman has returned to his house, his daughter uh, 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 exits the, the the front door, having been returned to him with the dissolution of the beast, uh, implying that all oh. the lost souls uh, probably were
2: freed as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I took that a totally different way. I, I don't oh, that think he...
2: that's what happened either. Oh, really?
1: I, no, because... I took it that she was there the whole time oh. and the beast just tricked him into carrying feeding, the lantern yeah. around and doing his bidding and he never just he just never went back because he was so racked with guilt <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay I thought that um well my read on it is that the happy well aside from Greg and work which I do think came back to life um all the people in the unknown like the the whole song the frog is singing is about like deluding yourselves with lies and yeah. I feel mm. like it's not actually happy ending but it's yeah. a kid's show, I don't know. <laughs>
1: it's allowed to have what looks like a happy ending at the very least. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> a happy ending it in uh like in the interstice.
3: <laughs> mm. <laughs>
2: um so that 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 gets resolved.
0: We see uh 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 somebody place a little wart figner- figurine in a set of all of the tavern pa- patrons. Um We see uh, the school teacher and some animals and and Jimmy at the circus with somebody else having been trapped within the horrible gorilla suit. (laughs) Uh,
3: uh,
0: Lorna and Auntie Whispers uh, enjoying tea while Auntie Whispers does needlepoint. Uh, And finally, uh, a house with a lovely young girl uh, and and also, uh, I should mention of uh, the dog that was the monster dog from the very mm. first episode, uh, and it is Beatrice having been returned, and they have a little uh, little exchange with her and her gigantic family, uh, where their mo- her mother sa- once again says, "Come to the table and eat your dirt."
3: Uh, (laughs) mom we're not
0: bluebirds anymore stop calling it dirt and he's like oh what are you gonna do curse us and turn us into bluebirds again accidentally everyone laughs and then the mom says now eat your dirt uh and uh the that is the end of the show as the as el presidente at his little honky-tonk piano once again spins off into the darkness um I love Mm. I love Over the Garden Wall I don't know what it is (laughs) I don't know (laughs) what it is about the um the fact that they bookmark this uh series with with the first half and the ending half of the same song but it always gets me a little misty um I think it's uh once again it's a I think it's a really fantastic piece of horror adjacent children's media and I think mm. that there needs to be more of that because um, scaring kids uh, <laughs> in a safe way is 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 good for, is good for kids <laughs> mm-hmm. it makes them resilient. <laughs> uh, anyone else have some final thoughts about uh, this? Uh, wonderful series
2: (laughs) uh just i think we Uh skipped it only because we talked about it the first time we tried to record this and then i just forgot to bring it up but um beatrice did uh when she accidentally was cursed to turn into a bluebird is because she was with her dog and she threw a rock at a bluebird yes i think we just skipped Mm. that part it's not like incredibly important but it does Give that motivation, and I—I want to say that she said she's with her dog, so it just lets us yes, know I, that that's what happened, and that and, the, and the shears it, from the witch were bird-shaped shears. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh. Yes. Oh, and it is worth mentioning that if you watch the, the the literal bookends with the song, you do see Beatrice. You do ultimately see Beatrice as a human before she threw the rock at the bluebird um, uh, during that whole little montage sequence um, of the first half of the uh, Into the Unknown song. So they are incredibly complementary. Uh, with one mm. another, uh, once you um, finish yeah, the you're series watching,
2: and go back, yeah. Well, I think just watching the song is in its entirety. Yes, it, it, it's it's like a woodcut of the story of the unknown.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And Cameron, what is what were mm. are your final thoughts of,
2: of over the garden
1: wall? Uh, it is delightful uh it is it, it it contains like a couple of things that I find like genuinely disturbing on a deep level which <laughs> is not a reaction I get a lot from media so that's actually quite nice for a change <laughs> um and yeah it it fits something I didn't know I really needed which is that that whimsical extremely fairy tale like kids story story that still has you know it's got its depth to it it's got its moments of horror and terror um that I really like and stuff and it's just like a really perfect little experience I think is the best way to put it is like this little hour and 10 minute capsule yes <laughs> that you can that you can sit down every now and again and have and it feels like it probably won't get old as long as i only do it once a year so it,
3: it,
0: yeah it, it, and once again like i said i i I, mm. I systematically forget that greg is supposed to be an elephant like literally every single time that i watch it so it's always <laughs> a, a really delightful rel, uh revelation for revelation. me yeah mm, <laughs>
3: mm. <clears throat>
0: um and just one and just it, it, this is just going to be a really quick uh thing uh there was a pilot uh for the show um known as the uh Tome of the Unknown, uh Harvest Melody um it is like uh an episode of Over the Garden Wall but from an alternate universe uh it was very clearly pitched as like an ongoing series and not a mini series uh where work mm-hmm. and greg and beatrice were trying to find an item known as the tome of the unknown for uh, unknown reasons um <laughs> uh all the character uh stuff is there um uh like their their personalities are are basically the same um beatrice is once again because it this feels feels like a pitch for a like ongoing series as opposed to the mini series that it turned into um like their character relationships aren't nearly as well defined uh instantaneously uh they ultimately uh discover a garden with a vegetable uh car um, a car made out of a watermelon uh cucumber slices for wheels and uh um like i, I like an orange slice for a, 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 a steering wheel they encounter a vegetable man who was clearly the model for the potter's field pumpkin people because he is a uh, 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 uh um, a country singer uh who sings a song um, but he has a pumpkin forehead, a watermelon body and like vegetable arms. And he's like, I'm just trying to get to the big city. And I, <laughs> and they're like, well, we were just going to take this, uh, car and you, and he's like, you mean my car? And he's like, well, we could drive you to the big city and then take our car to go further so we could find the tome of the unknown. He's like, sure. Why don't you do that? Um, And they drive through a cornfield where they are attacked by literal gigantic crows um, and swerve off and crash into a scarecrow. Um, But it turns out that they are, in fact, right outside the big city. The big city is just a field in the cornfield. Um, And we get a sequence that is basically um, uh, the precursor to the riverboat. Um, sequence from, uh, the Frogland, uh, episode. Uh, there's a musical Mm -hmm. number, there's all these finely dressed vegetable folk. Um, Wart stays behind to try to fix the, the fruit car. Um, uh, the city is attacked by, (laughs) um, uh, Animals of all sorts, not only just the crows. uh, There are giant crows, there are giant turkeys, uh, there's an alligator for some reason. (laughs) Um, And uh, they uh, use the car to scare away the animals, thus saving the city folk, and uh, uh, drive off in the vegetable car now that uh, the vegetable man, known as John Crop's, has uh found himself a a lover and muse uh and that is the entirety (laughs) of the pilot episode um it is once again it is uh all the bones for the main series are there they're just mixed in with uh a couple of other skeletons (laughs) as well uh that um in retrospect really make me happy that uh they went the route of turning this into a mini series into instead of an ongoing series but I, because I don't think it could have sustained the level of quality uh as an ongoing series that the the uh mini series has because it is so brief um so yes that is tome of the unknown <laughs> it is um it's okay uh i i'm d- definitely glad that uh over the garden wall is is what we got as opposed to uh tome of the unknown um but yeah mm-hmm. I think that that does it. I know the soundtrack was released uh a couple of times uh the series soundtrack was released a couple of times um which uh i I honestly should pick that up because I do really love all of the music from the show. And I believe that, um, a crazy, some kind of crazy thing got, also got released. Ah, yes, uh, uh, in September of 2015, uh, Mondo released an audio cassette tape entitled For Sarah. Uh, the cassette features over 20 minutes of poetry spoken by Elijah Wood In the character as uh, worked and music performed by the Blasting Company, I can only assume that it is uh, it is um, clarinet music, uh, thus creating a a diegetic piece of media from this universe. So there you go. And Um, the
2: Blasting Company is who did the soundtrack for the show. Ah, yes,
0: Um, yeah, it's great. I love it. <laughs> um, you should watch it. It's super brief. It's super charming. It's on Hulu um, if you're subscribed. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, once again, uh, uh, the there's a there's a very specific piece of like sibling media that this reminds me of, and it's the animated adaptation of the Halloween Tree um, by okay. Ray Bradbury. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I um that always gives me so, uh, like a very wistful um memory of being uh, like a kid that still loved Halloween before it turned into the oversaturation nightmare that Christmas now occupies. Thanks then, to the internet and, and Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's what I mean. That's that's what yeah, that's well. what Halloween is now. It's an inescapable quagmire uh that I used to love. Uh and I think I'm able to find my love for those things uh again in those pieces of these pieces of media. So um once again, if you're a fan of Fall, if you're a fan of Halloween, if you're a fan of scary kids' media, you should do yourself a favor and watch over the garden wall. If you haven't, um, like I said, it is a yearly tradition. At the beginning of every fall, I sit down and watch it and revisit it again. And it's always charming and delightful.
2: that's me. Is that us? I think that that's probably us, too.
0: All right. Uh, Dave. i I was like oh man what do we do at (laughs) at this part dave uh, um uh where can we find you on
2: the internet you can find me primarily on twitter at sentinut underscore plus as always that will be in the show notes how about yourself cameron
1: uh you can also find me on twitter at night underscore twitten that's night without a k uh, come swing by for pictures of my parents' dogs and me practicing violin because it's that time of year where I remember that I should practice the thing I use for a job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Leonard, uh, and you, yes, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Faust is Dead. You can find my video essay work on YouTube by also searching Dr. Faust is Dead uh that's primarily it and oh dear my cat has decided to make up all of the noise so it is best that we end (laughs) this episode now um thank you everyone for joining us for this uh episode of monster deer monster i was very excited to discuss the series and uh once again really implore you that if you have a love for anything that we've described Uh, during the course of this episode that you should really watch over the garden wall. It's legitimately Mm. fantastic. And with that, we are signing off. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye. Goodbye.